Welcome to the Podcast Launchpad. I'm your host, Angela Kelly-Smith, the author of the Amazon bestseller, The Podcast Launch Playbook. I've been podcasting since 2012, and I'm sharing everything I've learned to make podcasting and promoting your business with the podcast as simple and as stressless as possible. So prepare to take notes and get ready for liftoff. Your audience is listening. Welcome. Today I'm chatting with fellow podcaster Kevin Palmieri. Kevin is the CFO, founder, and co host of Next Level University, a global top 100 self improvement podcast with more than 1,000 episodes and 600,000 listens in over 125 countries. Welcome, Kevin. I'm so happy to have you here today. I appreciate it, Kelly. I'm excited to chat and see where we end up going today. Oh, me too. So the Next Level University podcast is all about self-improvement. How did you and your co-host, Alan, decide to start this podcast? It's very interesting because uh, early in my life, I was a six-figure earner. So when I was 25 years old, I made $100 with no college degree, just through grit and hard work, staying long hours and doing whatever it took to make money. And I got my final sub of the year. I opened it up and I saw that money. I saw $100,000. And I realized that although I had found quote unquote success, I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't feel aligned. I didn't feel on purpose. And I realized that for most of my life, I had been living unconsciously. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So I, I did what any 26 year old man would do. I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. And that's how it started for me. And Alan is actually a friend of mine. We went to middle school and we went to high school together. And I had him on as a guest. He was my very first guest. And we had no goals of partnering up. That wasn't really, that wasn't really part of it. But if you fast forward a year and a half after I started the podcast, I was sitting on the edge of a bed debating suicide. Because I was just so miserable where I was in life. I just felt stuck at my job and I felt hopeless and helpless. And Alan is the person I reached out to because he was kind of mentoring me. And he said, Kev, I think you need to change your environment. So I ended up leaving my job and becoming a very broke entrepreneur. And then Alan and I said, look, we're both speakers. We're both coaches. And we both believe that self-improvement would help us and it would help our families early in our childhoods. We both were raised without dads and we didn't necessarily have the best circumstances growing up. So we both had a deep belief that self-improvement was the way. And Alan and I partnered up and then, I don't know, it was probably like 450 episodes later, we rebranded to, to Next Level University. And that was, that was how it all started. It all started in a way by accident, honestly. Wow. That really sounds amazing. But let me back up a second. So like you said, what any 26 year old entrepreneur would do and start a podcast. I mean, you know, no, I mean, maybe today, you know, 20 something starting yeah. podcasts because like, or getting on YouTube or Twitch or whatever, but I mean, no, that that's not normal, <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. I think I, I think I always, it's interesting, right? Because you can't really connect it until you look back. You can't really connect all the steps that led you to where you are until you get to where you are and you can look back. But I remember I used to drive a truck and I used to think to myself, I would listen to talk radio the entire time 
imagine if you could just talk into a microphone for a living. Like that would be the best job in the world. Okay, cool. Take that and, and download that. In 2000, I think it was like 2014 or 2016, I was doing uh, Facebook videos about self-improvement. Long before I studied self-improvement, long before I understood what it was, I was trying to help others. And I remember there were, when I was dating women, like I was trying to help them. If if it didn't work out, I still talked to them. And I, I literally like helped ex-girlfriends through their relationships. Wow. And it's like weird, very weird looking back now, but I've always wanted to help people. And I think now it all makes sense that I ended up doing it. So yeah, to your point, most people probably wouldn't have done a podcast, but for me, it just felt, it felt right. And the fact that I get to do that every day now is really, and I know it sounds cliche, but it's really a dream come true for me. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. For some of us, like just being able to grab a microphone and, and mm. talk sort of for a living, you know, mm. is, is sort of a dream come true. The best. Yeah. And, and helping people because there's nothing more that, that there's nothing gives me more satisfaction than helping people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how, all right. So you already said, you know, like you felt suicidal and were going through all of these things and difficult childhood, but not everyone gets to that point where they will actually become really introspective. And then like you did, did study self-improvement. So why, why did you end up studying self-improvement? I mean, what was that spark in you that said, I have to do something. I have to make a change. Uh, yeah, I believe it's usually one of two things for humans. I think it's either pain or permission. And for me, unfortunately it was pain. I was in a relationship and my girlfriend and I, at the time we lived together in New Hampshire. And one day she came to me And I was probably 24 or 25. Like this was right before everything started to shift for me. And she came to me and said, Kev, I want to move from New Hampshire to California and chase my dreams. I want to be an entrepreneur. And again, it's so interesting looking back. And I gave her every reason in the world, Kelly, why she shouldn't do it. Uh, You know, gas prices are too high. Real estate's too high. The odds of success are pretty low, blah, 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 blah. And she ended up leaving me. And she ended up breaking up with me and moving across the country and chasing her dreams. Best thing she could have ever done. We have touched base since then and we're on good terms, which makes me feel good because God forbid I am the reason somebody doesn't chase their dreams. That is actually what I do for a living now. So it's interesting how how that shifted. But when she left me, number one, my bills all doubled because we were living together and everything was on my shoulders. And I had this interesting moment where I realized that every relationship I've ever been in, I am a percentage of the reason it didn't succeed. Am I a hundred percent? No, maybe not. Am I 50%? No, maybe not. Whatever the number is, I am a percentage. There was a reason due to something I did that the relationship didn't succeed. And I think I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to find a relationship. I think Mm. that was really my motivation is I felt broken. I felt like who would want to date this version of Kevin? And I was, you know what the biggest thing I think was, Kelly? I was sick of just living based in fear. I was sick of just fear and rejection and saying, oh, I can't do this because of that. And I just think the pain at that time was great enough for me to say, you know what? I have enough necessity now to make a change. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. And I just started reading. I started watching TED Talks and you know, positive affirmations and journaling. And looking back, that that breakup, although it was painful and 
difficult at the time, that really was the catalyst for who I am today. Mm. TED Talks are really the best. Yes. I mean, you just learned so much yes. about self-improvement uh, in the TED Talks themselves, and then they guide you to their books and other videos or courses and whatnot. Yeah. And what you said there about all that pain, I mean, humans are just amazing about being motivated by pain avoidance. Mm -hmm. And when the pain is bad, I mean, even more so than by pleasure seeking, you know, so when the pain is bad enough, it's like, finally, you know, I have to take action. I have to do something to make this pain end. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that's positive action, yep. you know, doing something that will truly get at the root of the pain to help it go away as opposed to doing something escapist that's just like a band-aid or temporarily numbing the pain yeah. you know yeah you got to get to the you have to get to the awareness of what it actually is that that's what it has to be is like this is a me problem and the only way i'm going to fix this me problem is if i work on me and i'm blessed mm -hmm. that that's where i went i know there's been a lot of like addiction and and uh, alcohol struggles in my family so i'm very happy i i didn't deal with that but I also think one of the reasons is I had a lot of positive people around me. My, all my friends are into self-improvement. You know, my wife is into self-improvement. I'm, I'm very blessed that I have such a tight circle of people around me. It's always been quality over quantity for me. Mm. And I think looking back, that's one of the reasons is I could tell people, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling yeah. or, Hey, where do you, what would you suggest a book for me to learn blank? You know, I, I had the ability to ask those questions, which, in retrospect, <clears throat> excuse me, was very, very important and definitely a pillar for my growth. Absolutely. And not everyone has that, or they yeah. don't know where to reach out to get yeah. that kind of support. Mm -hmm. 100%. That's great. So why is self-improvement so important for entrepreneurs? Mm. I believe at a deep level, entrepreneurs, small business owners, they believe if they start something, it can grow. 100% agree. It does not often grow beyond your capabilities. Mm -hmm. So yes, the economy can be slow. Yes, inflation can happen. Yes, the pandemic can happen. Many different things can happen. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing holding back our businesses is usually the leader because a business cannot grow beyond its leadership. If you look at some of the best businesses in the world, they also have the strongest leaders. Mm -hmm. And I believe that Many of us work inside of our business and we work on our business, but we forget that you are the catalyst. Your weaknesses become the business, the business's weaknesses, especially if you're a, a solopreneur and your strengths become the business's strengths. But it really takes looking in that mirror and saying, okay, what am I wildly good at? Okay, cool. Insert. What am I not good at at all that I really have to buckle down on and focus on or delegate in the future? So I think that people lose sight, and I, I'm definitely guilty of this, that when you start a business, the business is most likely not going to grow beyond you. And honestly, if it does, that's when things get bad because you can't keep up and you can lose all the momentum and have to build from scratch again. So you are the foundation of the business. And I think that we lose sight of that. Like you are the foundation of your health. You're the foundation of your money. You're the foundation of your relationships. You're also the foundation of your business. So your skills have to exceed that of the, the business growth. That's awesome. And I love what you said about if for some reason the business does grow beyond where you are self-improvement wise, mindset wise, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you have to play catch up. Yeah. And 
that's really tough to do. You know, mm-hmm. how are you going to do that? It's like all of a sudden uh, you have, you're disoriented. It's like, yeah. here's my business now. How do I regain control? Yeah. We, I know someone, one of, uh, so Alan has a client and uh, this client was big in the the crypto space. And it, he went from not having a company to having a net worth of millions and millions of dollars in the course of a few months. And it was a challenge for him. It was mm-hmm. very hard for him to keep up because he wasn't prepared for that. Mm-hmm. He just, it, it wasn't supposed to happen that way. And I think another important thing is the character. There's a lot of people out there who are crushing it, but they're not the person that they say they are. They're not proud of the person that hits the pillow at night. Like they're not proud of that. So that's a whole nother thing is I think at a deep level, we all assume success will bring happiness. Mm. Success will fill the void. Success will um, illuminate certain darknesses when in reality, it can often make those worse because you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm rich and, or I'm in love and, or, you know, my business is crushing it. And that's, or, but that's a, that's an interesting thing is, you don't really know that until you make it. And I think if you take a look in the proverbial mirror earlier and along the way, you'll realize, well, why am I actually doing this ultimately? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And so much of how we define success comes from how society defines mm. success or how our parents define success. I did a podcast on that a few months ago on how my original definition, not very original, but um, for, for the longest time, my definition of success came from my dad and it just didn't fit. Yeah. And so he killed himself in 2008 and it was finally then that I'm like, you know, I have to get rid of his definition of success and define it for myself. And we all really do. And I think especially when you're well, everyone, but you know, like when you're an entrepreneur and you have all of these people telling you, you have to do this to be successful. You have to do that to be successful. Your business is success only if these particular things happen. And it, it's just not true. You know, you have to figure it out what it is for you. And, and I think character really is a big part of that. Like you yeah. just said. Yeah. I think the, the truth that nobody really talks about Kelly is not everybody's supposed to have a wildly, wildly successful business. Yeah. I think yeah. that's important that mm-hmm. a lot, of, I've had people say, well, Kev, that's kind of negative. And mm-hmm. when I say it, I mean it empowering. Like you, this is what happens often. I'll get on the phone with a podcaster and they'll say, well, I don't, you know, we only do two episodes a week, not seven, because we do seven episodes a week. And I always say, don't do seven episodes a week. I don't, I don't think you should, unless you're trying to have the most successful podcast in the world. If not, there are certain sacrifices that you will have to make in order to get to that level. So having the self-awareness to say, okay, what am I really playing for? Am I playing for time freedom where I just want to build a business to a certain level and exit or I just want to build a business to a certain level and say, look, I'm going to work three hours a day and I'm going to hire people. That's fine. If you want to work every day for the rest of your life, that's fine too. But you have to decide that to your point. Wonderfully. Yes. And if you want to make enough money to pay for groceries and pay for, you know, your basic living and that's awesome, you know, and if you want to make multiple six figures, seven figures, eight figures, awesome. You know, you're still a success if you have reached your goals that really are right for you, Mm. no one else's goals. And yet with the podcasting, I do two episodes a week. I teach other people how to podcast. And I say, do one episode a week. Absolutely. You know, I mean, 
one, you know, because not one a month, once yeah, a, a week, week because a week. you have to SEO, getting out there, building authority, blah, blah. I could go on. You could go on, but one a week. I do two a week for my reasons. You do seven a week for your reasons. Right. So, but one a week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Let's talk about it. That was going to be my next question about doing seven a week. <laughs> you already said like being number one podcast in the world. Yep. So why do you do seven? Oh my God. You've got over 1,060 episodes as of this recording. So <laughs> yeah. it's going to be more than that by the time I publish this. But yeah. why do you do one a day? It, there's many reasons the, the simplest and the funniest reason is we do seven a week because there's seven days. If, if you come up with an eighth day, we're going to have to do another episode. But <laughs> our belief is that consistency is kind of the rule of success. So yeah. if we can produce an episode every day, there's an opportunity for our community to get a little bit better every single day. And yeah. that really is the crux of our business. Our business meetings are how do we get 1% better today? That's it. Mm. Not, we have to reinvent the wheel. This has to happen. I mean, there's a lot going on, but that's the number That's the number one reason. The second reason is we are, through Alan, my, my business partner, this was his, his uh, genius zone, not mine, but we are very focused on mastery. Mm. If I do 10,000 podcast episodes, the chances of me not being pretty good are very slim, right? So that's part of it too. And then I think the, the biggest part is I wanted it and Alan wanted it to be our jobs. So it's, it's all I do is I podcast, I speak and I coach and I love it. I, I just love the opportunity to jump on this microphone and I have to pinch myself some days and say, I remember I recorded an episode. It was episode number seven. It was called chase your effing dreams. That was the title, not the best title you could throw out there, but that was the one I chose. It worked. It worked. Yep. It, and uh, I think at, it's a good title. It's not you. something people are Googling, right. but it's something people are going to listen to. It's it's catchy. It's like, yes, it's, it's a good hook. Like, yes. oh, what is that about? But Was I it remember, effing or did you spell it out? No, I I started. I think I did okay. F-U star, 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 star. Because I was okay. like, I don't want to get, I don't know if this is even. Yeah, I don't know if Apple. Yeah, right? I don't know their roles. Yeah. And this was 2000. I think this was 2016. Okay. 2017. So things have yeah. changed. But yeah. I remember I was working at a job I disliked. I was burnt out. I was like on the very end of being there. And I did an episode and said, I want to wake up when I want. I want to podcast with amazing people. I want to be my boss, my own boss. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons we do seven a week is because we, we love it. We love yeah. it. And it's for us, it is about impact. Mm -hmm. We, when we started this business, we were not talking about money. I was not, I wasn't doing this for money. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the goal. I was doing this because I wanted to help people. And that's the best way to help people is to be there every single, every single day. The more you're there, the more you can help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And how long are your episodes? Um, any, yeah. Usually like 20 minutes. Yeah. So great bite-sized chunks that people yep. can listen to quickly and easily. And people are really moving away from wanting long episodes. Yep. Yeah. When I do my solo episodes, they tend to be around 20 minutes yeah. and it's these interviews that are longer because yeah. I don't want to cut people off after half an hour, but maybe I should. We stopped doing interviews. We did a lot. We, we did many interviews. And then it was like, honestly, we're at the point now where our schedules are just insane yeah. with everything we have going on coaching clients. And it's like, I think it probably 
would serve us better, we know our audience better than anybody. Right. right? And that's always my frame is your people tune into a podcast because they're trying to get a problem solved. You yeah. know how to solve their problem better than most people because you know them at a deeper level. And that's that's when we pivoted that. So that does make it a little bit easier because we can control the schedule, the time. Right. You don't have to research as much depending on what you're doing. So right. yeah, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So should we just end this episode now? And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> has it been 20 minutes? <laughs> we'll go on. No, I'm having too much fun. And uh, people are going to learn a lot from you. So <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. So one of the themes uh, that I've seen in your podcast, which I do love, by the way, is learning from failure. Mm. So why do you think that people are, first of all, like afraid of failure? Like they'll actually avoid trying something new because they're afraid that they'll, that they'll fail. I believe that at some point in our lives, you know, when you're young, you fall off your bike, you, you do a bunch of stuff and you fail, you constantly fail, you constantly fail. But somewhere in life, there becomes a negative attached to the failure. And I think for a lot of people, it's when they attach it to their self-worth. So if you're doing something and the outcome must be positive for you to feel good about yourself, you're going to avoid failure at all costs. And again, I am very, very, very guilty of that. I think that what you have to, you really have to switch is you have to understand that we're not really aiming for happiness. We're aiming for fulfillment. So happiness mm -hmm. is results-based. I believe fulfillment is alignment and mission-based. So if this podcast goes well, I will be happy. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how this podcast goes, I will be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I'm in alignment doing it. And I think it's so important to understand that failure, you have to at least understand it. Because no matter what happens in life, you are going to fail or you're not going to try anything and you're going to fail by default because you're not going to put yourself out there. So anytime you try something new, the odds of quote unquote failing are pretty high. But if you do fail, you can always use that failure as new knowledge, new awareness. I love to think, of, think about it from like a recipe standpoint. So mm. somebody said, I want to make a chocolate cake. And they're like, all right, what do I need? And they tried it, right? So they they prepped it, they cooked it, they reflected and said, ah, that's a little dry. And then they perfected it again. And it's really that cycle for, for everything. So if you can detach, I am bad because I didn't do well, I think that will help you go miles and miles and miles. But also on the other end, uh, just because I did great does not mean I do not require any more work. Right. I think that's that self-worth is such an important thing when it comes to being an entrepreneur, when it, when it comes to being a human being in general, you have to understand where you sit. I don't know if anybody is accurate with their actual level of self-worth. I think we're either over or under mm. and we live our lives through that lens dependent on, on where it is. That's a great point. Have you read Carol Dweck's book, Mindset? Yes. Big fan. Oh, yes, absolutely. Big so fan. that that fixed mindset versus flexible, where the fixed is like you just said, I failed at this or I, I'm not good at this, therefore I'm not good. Mm -hmm. I failed, therefore I am a failure. And the flexible being, so I'm not good at this, or you know, I didn't do well at this, therefore I can practice and I can get better. Yeah. And that's so tough. And it seems like people are just born with one or the other. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
you know, personal thing here. My son who's 16 has a fixed mindset and it has been so tough to try to get him over that. And uh, he went on this canoeing trip this summer in Canada and he was so resistant. Oh my God. He was so angry about going, but he succeeded at it. He got through it. He hated the camping part, but he loved the canoeing on the rapids mm. part. And so now I have this thing I can show him, Hey, you did this thing that was really hard that you really didn't want to do. And you succeeded and you got better. So hopefully that helps with things in the future, but oh my gosh, yes, that kind of mindset, getting better and taking chances so that you see that you actually can get better is yeah. so important. It helps and that's, to have somebody pushing you. Yeah. You know, like the fact that you're pushing your son, it's nice because you're, you see his comfort zone where he might not see it. For him, it's just he normal. See, he sees his comfort zone <laughs> and he wants to may, remain yeah. rooted firmly yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, having his dad and me try to push him out of it mm -hmm. a little bit despite his resistance. Yeah. Oh my gosh, poor thing. <laughs> he knows I talk about him sometimes. Well, so. that's he's going to be famous. So that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so in uh, episode 1060 of your podcast, it's called the consequences of not being able to see losses as lessons. Mm. I love that one. Um, so what are a couple of the consequences of not being able to see losses as lessons? You know, and I take like, you know, failure in there as well. Like, yeah. so, you know, losing and, and, and failing at something when, and we really do need to see them as lessons. So can, would you mind sharing a little yeah. bit? And then I'm going to send people to go listen to that episode. I appreciate but. it. I appreciate it. I, I just think the biggest thing, like the through line is if, if you see a loss as a loss, usually that's the end of the road. Yeah. It, it becomes like, I didn't do well and I can't do this. And, but in reality, everybody starts there. I, my analogy is always, if I stopped 20 episodes in because I felt like I wasn't good, I never would have got to 21 where I learned a new lesson that helped me get to 40, that helped me get to 100. I, I always consider it the video game analogy. You might lose the first level but you might get a sword that you don't know you're going to end up using later. And you can replay the first level and you get through and then you get to level six and it's like, oh, I have this sword. I didn't even realize I had this sword. When you don't take your losses as lessons, you actually set yourself up to avoid future wins. Mm. And I just think I've been studying a lot of businesses recently. There's this YouTube channel where they do an amazing job of walking you through why businesses are successful. And I was watching it. And it's so interesting because every single business started out as a failure pretty much. And, you know, they had this business that didn't go well. Nintendo. Nintendo is a great example. Many people think of Nintendo and they think of video games. At one point, Nintendo was a hotel company. They were a taxi company. They were a playing card company. They were a puzzle company. There were many <laughs> different things. And now they're the, the Nintendo we know today. But they took all of their losses and said, okay, maybe it doesn't work this way. Going to your point about having a fixed mindset versus a flexible or growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't work this way, but could it work in this way? Mm -hmm. That I just think that is such an important facet of life. You are going to make mistakes. You're going to have losses. Right, you're going to. I believe you learn more from your losses than your victories because when you win, you don't necessarily necessarily reflect and try to improve. But when you lose, you reflect and you have a ton of things to improve on. So I think that it's just having the awareness to say, look, 
this went well, this went well, this, this didn't go so well. How do I improve that a little bit? And if you can just adopt that mindset and it's just a little bit, a little bit, you don't have to get, you know, world-class overnight. That's not going to happen, but you can get a little bit better every day. Yeah. That's a great point. And it it's, it's tough. It can be so tough, but do you have any suggestions for gearing yourself up? Because honestly, you know, I want to tell people, you know, Nike's refrain, like, just do it Mm -hmm. because really it is about taking action. You know, you can sit there and meditate, you know, affirmations help, but it, it honestly, it comes down to taking action. Yeah. I, this is what I would say. And this is what, this is what worked for me. And this has worked for many people I've talked to. I had a young lady reach out to me and we did a free call after one of our live events. And I said, what do you like, what are you feeling pulled towards? What do you really want to do in your life? If, if you had to serve the world in a way, what do you think is the most aligned way for you to do that? And she said, speaking and podcasting. I said, cool. I know a guy, like I know a guy who does those things. I'm that guy. Okay. Let's chat. And I said, all right, well, we need to get you speaking right? Like that's obviously the first step, but this is where a lot of people start. It's like, well, go get speeches. No, no, no. Do not go get speeches. You're not, you don't want to go from uh, the little leagues to the major leagues. So this is the question I asked her. I said, on a scale of one to 10, how outside of your comfort zone is giving a Facebook live right now on in front of all your friends? And she said, that's a 12 out of 10. I said, okay. On a scale of one to 10, how outside of your comfort zone is it for you to record a video and show nobody? She said, that's probably like a one. I said, okay. On a scale of one to 10, how outside of your comfort zone is it for you to record a video and send it to me only? Somebody you know, somebody you like, and somebody you trust. And she said, that's probably like a a four or a five. I said, good, do that. What I think happens is we're we're looking at our hard no's, Mm. not our fears. Maybe your hard no right now is speaking in front of 10,000 people. You're not Mm. gonna do that. Don't imagine that. Imagine you speaking to yourself in the mirror. Imagine you speaking to a classroom of of 10 people. Mm -hmm. I would say you have to get very familiar with where your actual comfort zone is Mm -hmm. and you have to figure out, okay, what is just outside of my comfort zone? Mm -hmm. What is just outside of my comfort zone? And this is the analogy I use. When you're overcoming fears and getting outside of your comfort zone, usually you're looking at the top of the mountain. You're looking at the peak. The problem is there's many summits along the way. So the first summit might be, I'm going to record a video and send it to Kevin. Mm -hmm. When you do that and you're on that summit, you can see the next summit, which is, oh, I got to do a video and put it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then I got to do blank. I got to do blank. So when you prove yourself right and you prove your fears wrong, you then actually open doors and unlock doors that you couldn't see before. Again, the video, the video game analogy. So my tactic for that is you have to break it up into something very, very, very small that might seem in- insignificant. It might seem minute, but if you do that long enough, that's how real growth is, is forced. You can't do it all at once. Yeah. You, you just can't do it all at once. It's not going to happen through one behavior, through one action. It's going to happen through every behavior, through every action. Right. Even your podcast is a great example of that. You know, you don't go from one to over 1,060 episodes overnight. It's one, then the yep. second, then, yeah. Yeah, well, I, even to your to your point earlier, Kelly, we started with one episode. 
Right. And then we went to two and then we went to three. We didn't go from one to seven. We went from one right. to two to three to four to five to seven. Right. I think we skipped six. But that that <laughs> sort of, if you start where you're going to end, you yeah. will fail because it's everything you do along the way that actually gives you the competency to survive at the end. It's, it's such yes. an interesting way things are set up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So figure out where your comfort zone is and think just outside of it and take that step. Yes. And I love that, that analogy of you're going to get to that little peak. And from there, you'll see the next peak. Yep. 100%. Love it. Thank you for that, Kevin. That's awesome. Of course. Thank you. So could you recommend like one book or one Ted talk, you know, something that you think would be really beneficial? You stole it. Mindset by Carol Dweck. That's <laughs> that's one I always recommend. If for entrepreneurs, a really good one for small business owners, uh, there's a book called Business Made Simple oh, by yeah. Donald Miller. Such yes. a great book. Um, <sighs> one of the best business books I've ever read, honestly. Yeah. It's simple. It's business made simple, so it makes sense. That's yeah. one I would recommend for, for everybody. It's mm. not mindset like we were talking about, but I think mm-hmm. that will serve at a very deep level. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for that. Of course. Awesome. So how can people find you if they want to work with you? Sure. I appreciate that. Uh, If you want to listen to the podcast, just search Next Level University, uh, seven episodes a week. And we're also on YouTube. So all of our episodes are on YouTube as well. And then my handle uh, for Instagram is at neverquitkid. I get back to all my DMs. That's probably the best place to reach out. And when I say reach out, please, I'm I'm not going to sell you on anything. I'm, I'm happy to add value. I I try to batch my DMs every day. So you are more than welcome to ask any questions you may have or whatever it is. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for being here. This has been really fabulous. I'm so glad you were here today. Likewise. I appreciate the invite. I appreciate the, the prep work. You are a true professional and your audience is very lucky to have someone like you at the helm. Oh, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast launchpad. Be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to email or send me a DM on Instagram. Follow the links in the show notes. I really appreciate you for being here. See you next time on the podcast launchpad.